So the first episode of Why Cobra Kai, I'm really just going to share my own personal story about why Cobra Kai was so appealing to me and how I was drawn towards it. So today just really just going to be about a storytelling about, you know, how I was drawn to the show. So <coughs> really Cobra Kai, um, you know, I grew up watching Karate Kid, you know, I was born around that time, uh, but they're just classics that you just, you'll watch, you know, whenever you're at a family member's house, everybody has the VHS of it, everybody sees, you know, the crane kick, so it's just like Karate, uh, Karate Kid was a main staple. So now with Cobra Kai, I remember seeing, uh, you know, previews and trailers, you know, on uh, Twitter, and you know youtube because it was, it was on uh, the youtube streaming show so i really didn't know what it was i was like okay cool you know i know the karate kid you know cobra kai was a quote-unquote bad guys you know that uh daniel larusso fought so, so it was it was it was it was kind of appealing but i really just didn't know what to expect but i remember watching that first episode because what they did was they were smart they let you watch the first two episodes for free and then you can um you have to uh prescribe to the youtube streaming channel so i remember watching the first episode and i was just laughing so hard it was just so funny and i think that's what got me it was just so funny and then um, you know, you see Johnny Lawrence and it was cool because actually I loved watching the show How I Met Your Mother. And I remember uh, Barney, the character Barney, loved Johnny Lawrence. He said he was the real karate kid and I always laughed and cracked up. So now the fact that it was showing it, you know, the focus was on Johnny Lawrence and Cobra Kai that, you know, drew me towards it. And the story was kind of cool because, you know, now you fast forward and... Now he's an adult. He's not really, you know, doing anything. So that just drew me to, you know, towards the show and the in the comedy also, you know. So I remember I see and see in um, the first episode in that first scene, that scene where Miguel is going to get the Pepto Bismol. You know, I just watched that episode today actually, but he's going to get the Pepto Bismol. You know, and he sees, you know, he sees Johnny and blah blah blah. They have like their little conversation, but then. Uh, Miguel's, you know, uh, he ends up getting bullied by all those guys. And they, you know, punk him because it's four against one. And he's a smaller guy. And I think the reason why that part just stuck out to me is I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. I've been working with kids for, you know, almost 10 years now. And I just hate bullying, you know. So that just like, oh, you know, you see those things like, man, like the idea of bullying and people getting picked on, people getting taken advantage of, that just bothers me. So, you know, of course I wanted Johnny, like, do something, stick up. But Johnny, you know, he's, you know, in his own world, you know, he's going through all his stuff and all his issues, you know. But whenever they push his car, you know, and Johnny came and he, he, he defended <laughs> I love it just thinking about it. He defended Miguel, not, you know, to help out Miguel, but really just because, you know, they're messing with him. And like you said, you're messing with the wrong guy. So that just, that whole, the way they saw it and brought it in, and then, you know, Miguel tries to have a relationship with him. That's really just, you know, what drew me into the show. You know, and then you see Daniel Russo. Daniel Russo is like, man, like he's, you know, uh, you know, wealthy and, 
he came from humble beginnings, but now he has a family and he has like an espresso machine and you know, he grew up as an only child, but then he, you know, he has two kids and a and a beautiful wife and all these things. You just kind of see the perspective and it's crazy when you think about it because it's like, man, like the karate tournament was in high school, but then yet that determined the trajectory, you know, of, you know, Johnny in Daniel's lives. And of course, I know it's a show, but you can see that play out in real life. And I think that's why as I'm talking about it, you know, that's what makes the appeal that not only it's funny and it's action packed, but you can see a lot of people. Now I see, you know, those same people in high school, you know, that I knew, you know, when we were teens and now in adulthood, they're doing those same things, you know? So it kind of just like puts things in perspective, how moments and times, events, different things, they can determine, you know, how the rest of your life goes. It, 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 it shouldn't, or it doesn't have to, but it can, you know, these big life events. I mean, this is a, a karate tournament for somebody. It might be sports, you know, it might be a relationship, you know, it might be a family issue that happens that determines, you know, puts them on a path where they can like Daniel Russo, they can hit the top and, you know, live the American dream more. You can be like Johnny Lawrence, you know, you can end up, you know, at the, I don't want to say the bottom of the barrel, but you can end up, you know, just making ends meet, just trying to get through day by day, not really having, you know, an identity of who he is, you know, and in that first episode, I just got hooked also with Miguel and, and, and Johnny's relationship, you know, at the end where Johnny, you know, ends up coming around. You know, and he wants to he wants to help Miguel. And of course, they don't really develop this deep relationship in the first episode, you know, but that's where they make the initial connection. And, and you know, the, the warmth and the and the kindness that Miguel has. I love the fact that the show, even though, you know, we're on season four now, the show still gives him that 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 goodness, that that kindness, that acceptance you know, always looking at people in the best. I love that about, you know, his character. So, you know, so I see the first episode and you know, in the first the first and second episodes, you know, and it was just so appealing. It was just like, I need to know what happens. Like, how is this going to, how does it, you know, how is this going to end or what's going to turn? And it's crazy because, and that's the thing, like, when I say quote unquote bad guy, like, I'm rooting for Johnny. You know, and it's only it's only two episodes in, but I find myself rooting for Johnny. You know, you want Johnny to succeed. You want Johnny to, you know, make something of himself. And, you know, when he's sitting on his couch and he's watching that movie and it's talking about like being who you are at that moment, that's when I started to the initial thought of, you know, Johnny is the karate kid, you know, but Barney was right. Daniel is, or Johnny, excuse me, is the karate kid because that's just who he is. It's, it's, it's like, that's his purpose. That's his calling. Um, as, um, Miguel's mom later on talks about in season three, which I'll just talk about that in depth, just that whole conversation, because that was just, just deep. But, you know, then that's the thing that I was drawn in. It's like, man, Johnny, like, even though you made a mistake, you know, you can grow from it and you have a skill set, you have a talent, you know, that you can, that you can spread to the world. And why not? And why not help some kids, you know, who are getting bullied? Why not help this individual? 
because I mean, at the time, you know, Johnny's just he only has one person, you know, but it's like he said, you know what, on this one person needing help on this one person needing support, I'm going to, you know, start something from scratch. I'm going to use, you know, all the talent and the resources, uh, you know, the, the the check that he ripped up, but he eventually needed, you know, to be able to start you know, Cobra Kai, I think all of those things in between in those first couple of episodes is just what, what got me hooked, you know, and I just wanted to watch. And then really, because, of course, the first for this podcast, I think the first couple episodes, the first few episodes, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the different characters, you know, and why I like the characters and why I'm drawn towards the characters and the different sides of the characters. Because, you know, now, you know, back in the day in TV, you know, when you watched action shows and things like that, everything was about, oh, this person's completely bad, this person's completely good, and all those things. And what I liked about this show, Cobra Kai, is you see the whole person. You can see, oh, yeah, hey, this person might do some bad things. You know, they might, you know, say some, do some bad stuff, but that doesn't mean they're a bad person. You know, look at their situation, look at their upbringing, look at their experience, and that really explains who they are. You know, in any, when you look at all the characters, you know, and that's what Cobra Kai does because now you can see the story behind the person. For example, like Johnny, knowing that, like, you know, he was a nerd. You know, he came from a broken home. He was raised by a single mom. He didn't know his dad, you know. So even though it was he was wealthy, that wasn't what he was born into. You know, that's what his mom did to help him get in a better situation. And then you look at Crease and Crease and I'll talk about this more in depth, but just an example of, you know, looking at per looking at somebody, you know, the whole person, not just, oh yeah, they did this, they're back. Like Crease, if you you know, listen to season four and sorry for these for this podcast, the spoilers and everything, I'm gonna talk about the show, assuming that you've seen all the episodes. Um, so you know, when you watch season four Whenever he's talking to Johnny about why he said, you know, take those dirty shots, it's like, oh, he was looking at it, even though it wasn't necessarily the right thing. He was saying, oh, hey, remember, you were down by two points. You know, karate meant so much to you. I didn't want you to lose. So that's why I advise you to do those things. And you get a better understanding. And then when you look at even before then, you know, him joining the military, him, you know, getting bullied, him getting picked on, him just you know, working, you know, just to be able to provide for his family because it seems like he came from a humble beginnings also. So those type of things, and I'm going to talk about all the characters more in depth, like I mentioned before, but those are some examples how you get to see these people, you know, and then especially the first episode, the first, you know, couple episodes, I found myself like, you know, Daniel, it's like, yeah, he was a karate kid, but then, you know, you know, the way he kind of views and treats Johnny it's kind of like he's even though he said it was water under the bridge it's like is it really you know and you start to realize even though people say they have moved on you know the moment they get um the moment they feel threatened by somebody in their past you know or they or you know they kind of feel like they've experienced you know a trauma or a setback you know they can kind of revert to that you know, that, that, that mindset that they had before. So that's why Daniel, for him, he was always, 
you know, he was always on the defensive, you know, with Johnny, especially when he saw that he had started Cobra Kai. So really the character development of all the the, the the cast is just amazing. That's and that's what I love. And and if you may, if you've noticed, I really haven't mentioned the karate. I love the karate, of course. I love the action. And I think in season four, I really liked the the way they did the karate this time. It was really well done. Um, in 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 the final matches between Hawk and and um, Robbie and Sam. In tour, I mean that that was just some of the best. Even now, when I see it, I just get chills in the different, you know, moments they have when you know Sam's looking at Johnny and things like that. So those type of things are appealing to, but it's really the story and how it's gonna play out. Because now it's like what you think is gonna happen is not necessarily gonna happen. You know, I I remember watching season one and and seeing Miguel and. In that tournament, I was like, please don't let Robbie win. I mean, because I'm like, okay, this brother, you just kind of learned you're a newbie. Miguel, he's been doing it, and it's kind of like, come on now. Is the Karate Kid really, like, already? You know, and, and when Miguel won, I was like, yes. You know, I was like, good. And that, that right there set the stage for the show for me. Because that let me know, oh, this is not just going to be, oh, Danny LaRusso, you're the Karate Like, no is deeper than that, you know? And that's why these endings, especially, you know, in the tournament with season, I mean, Hawk won, you know, his trajectory. And I always listen to different YouTube channels, you know, where, you know, they describe the characters and things like that. And, you know, you know, Hawk slash Eli, whatever you want to call him, his trajectory, his evolution, his change, you know, from season one to season four is just amazing. That And that's what the show does. I, you know, uh, leading up to it, you know, you want to look at the previews and see, hey, what what information can you get? And I remember, you know, during the tournament, you know, whenever people watched on the trail, they were like, yeah, Hawk's not, I don't see Hawk with Eagle Fang. So you kind of had an idea. I thought, my theory, I thought Hawk, I thought he was going to get beat up because I thought he was going to get, I thought Cobra Kai was going to get payback for what they did. So I thought Hawk just wasn't going to participate altogether, you know, but then he ended up winning it, you know, then season two, you know, with the whole, um, you know, Miguel falling off and, you know, the bridge and everything. And then season three. And I did. No, you know, I never I never really thought about Johnny and, you know, Daniel coming together. You know, so the show, that's what they do. They just do things that you don't really think of. And like the different relationships and the dynamics. And also, you know, me being a father, our two little boys, you know, just the just fatherhood, the life lessons of, you know, wanting to be a good dad, wanting to, you know, be there. And you see the impact, goodness, I see it as an edu educator now, you see the impact of, you know, people or of kids not having, you know, their father figures, not having that support, you know, and I, and I, and I go back to whenever Robbie season four, last episode, he's talking to Johnny when he follows him to the dojo and he's, he's talking about how he wanted, you know, to, he wanted to be a mentor to Kenny. And it's just like the mentor that he never had. And it's like, goodness. You know what I mean? And it's just like, really, I mean, at the end of the day, he just wanted a dad. You know, he just wanted a dad. You know, and that just, and that just speaks to me, you know, because I'm a father. You know, and I can only imagine what would it be not, what would it be like not to be, 
you know, you know, in my kids' lives. And I think that's the crazy part because you have in, in the show, it's like you have Johnny being a father towards Miguel, but then he's not really being a father towards his own son or not in the beginning. And then he's trying and then he doesn't know how, you know, and it's just like. It's crazy because when in season four, whenever he's meeting up with Miguel after, you know, Miguel finds out that he's dating uh, when he, he's dating his his mom. It's just kind of like, man, like Johnny's like, oh, I don't know how to do this. It's like, goodness. Yeah, brother, you don't know how to do it because, you know, you didn't know your real dad. You had Sid. He wasn't the best father figure. And then you had Chris who was choking you up after you won, after you lost, excuse me, after you didn't win. You know, you won second place. But come on now, Chris, if you, you, you know, the saying, yeah, second place is first loser. You know, so that's how he saw it. But it's kind of like you just see the dynamic of the people. You know, you see Tori, which I love Tori as a character. You know, Tori needs help. She, and, and as you can see in season three, you know, her upbringing and her family situation. I mean, she's like the adult, you know. So she's just trying to scrape, you know, just trying to get by. But, you know, but then she's, you know, doing all these things, you know, taking it personal with Sam and trying to hurt her and assault her. But then you see, you know, um... Uh, you see Daniel's wife trying to help her out, you know, so it's just kind of like, man, like, dang, you want her to get help, you know, but it's like, dang, but at the same time, like, you don't want her to just be assaulting people in school, you know, so I think that's why the show really got me is because you get to get an understanding of the characters and their persona and their upbringing. It just doesn't leave as, oh, yeah, hey, you know, Tori, you know, cut up, uh, Sam on her forearm, so, you know, she's a bad person, like, no, hold up, you know, she's going through some issues, she has, you know, her aunt coming, trying to get money from her, and claim her, you know, and all these things, so it's just like, it's not that simple, and I think the life lessons that it under, that, that it tells, especially with me being a teacher, a lot of times, you know, I come from a school, um, uh, there's a large majority of low socioeconomic status, you know, so, you have some families who are really struggling to get by and just working hard just to make it, you know, and you know, you have some kids who come from some broken homes, who come from, you know, absent fathers, absent mothers, people in prison, you know, and they might come to school and exhibit, you know, some behavior, you know, that is not going to help them be successful in school and in life. But then you have to look and see, okay, why is this student acting like this? Why is a student uh, exhibiting this behavior? And it's not, oh, yeah, hey, they're a bad kid. They're going to end up in juvie. They're going to do this. It's like, oh, what can I do to help? You know, what can I do to help that child? What can I do to uplift them? And that's why when you see in that show, you see, you know, Robbie getting help. You see, um, you see Tori trying to get help. You know, you see Miguel, you know, getting helped. It's just a blessing because it's like, yeah, these kids come from these situations, you know, and they need support. They need father figures. They need, you know, help, you know, talking to counselors. They need groceries. They need food, you know. So what can we do as people to help them? What scout, what talents can we lend? Can we lend? Because, you know, some of the, the, the anger and the pain and the stress and the, you know, and the erratic behavior that maybe they exhibit. It comes from something. It comes from some traumas. And, and 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 I think that's why, for me, the show is just... It's so good, as you can see with Johnny, you know. 
he got picked on and he came from, you know, not the best family environment, even though he had money. So money is not going to be the answer to, you know, help all these kids. You know, of course, you want them to be financially stable. But at the same time, you're going through physical or emotional abuse. It doesn't matter how much money, you know, your parents have. You need to be supported in that way. And I think that's why the show does such a good job at tackling, you know, some of those real life issues that you see, you know, like bullying and absent parenthood and, um, you know, seeking help, you know, Robbie's mom seeking help, you know, even though she's not listed, she's not seen a lot, but, you know, in the show, but throughout the show, it's kind of a reminder, you know, she's, you know, having to work on herself to be able to help her child. So, yeah, Cobra Kai, I mean, I could talk about this show forever, you know, and that's what, that's why I decided to do this podcast, you know, and it's going to be a fun podcast. It's not, you know, something that, you know, I'm going to be, uh, how do I say, stressing over because it, to me, it's just like the show just gives me joy because you get to just, you get to laugh, you know, you get to, you know, quote unquote cry, you know, with all the different stories and all the different relationships, you know, you get to reflect on who you are, you know, and, and how you treat people and what you, you know, and how you help people in need. So, that's the first official Why Cobra Kai podcast. So I hope that kind of gives you an understanding of why I love the show and what it meant to me and and why I'm going to continue to talk about it. So the next few episodes, like I mentioned before, is really just going to be talking about, you know, the different character, you know, development. So I'm going to try to look at each character individually and kind of talk about, you know, why I like them and and what I think they're going to do in the next phases. So I'll kind of be going back and forth in between seasons and kind of talk about what I expect to see from them in season five. Thank you, everybody. Eric Iconi, Why Cobra Kai, episode one, out. Hello, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining me again. This is Eric Iconi. This is the second episode of the Why Cobra Kai podcast. Um, and I just really enjoy making this podcast, and I'm glad you're listening you know, I'm glad you're just giving it a chance. You know, something new is something fresh. I know there's so many different podcasts out there. So if you're just taking a few minutes just to see what this is all about, I really do appreciate it. And I love the support. Like I said before, this is just something I'm just doing for fun. It's a show that I watched several times and I was just talking about so much. So my wife said, you might as well start a podcast. And I was like, hey, that's a good idea. It's good to just go out there and just know work on your speaking skills and just you know have fun and just shine some light on a great show that you can learn so much from so today i'm going to be talking about johnny lawrence okay and the title of this episode is called the redemption story so when you look at the word redemption to be redeemed is to be you know saved from error from evil you know to turn from your ways and really start fresh and not saying that Johnny Lawrence was an evil person, but when you look at, you know, the karate kid, when you see the first movie and, you know, they still do this a lot of times in movies where they, it's like good and evil. And like, there's not really an in between in the person, you know, you're rooting for the good guys. You want the good guys to win and all this stuff. And, you know, before I saw Cobra Kai, you know, of course it was, it was a natural tendency. Oh yeah. You want Daniel Russo to win. He was getting bullied. He was getting picked on, you know, but, 
And of course, I'm going to refer back to how I met your mother. You know, Johnny Lawrence or Barney. He talks about how much he loved, you know, Johnny Lawrence and how he was the real cobra. He was the real karate kid, you know, and everybody had it wrong, you know. And I used to laugh at that. And I remember when William Zabka actually appeared in that episode, you know, and he's like, "You finally get me. You finally understand, you know, the story." You know, I was like, "What? What's he talking about?" But when I watched you know, Cobra Kai, it really put things in perspective because now you saw the many layers of Johnny Lawrence. So now I want to go back. I want to fast forward or rewind, actually, excuse me, back to episode one. And I just, in in this podcast, a lot of times, I know we're on episode four, but a lot of things I'm going to talk about refer back to episode one, season one. Let me be specific, season one. Season one is just so important you know, it's the genesis. You see where they've begun, and then that helps you understand, you know, the characters who they are in season, you know, two, three, and so now we are on four. So, like, like I said in the first one, you look at, you know, season one, episode one, it starts off with that fight, you know, and then Johnny, you know, loses. He gets defeated, and he falls, you know, flat on the mat, you know, face down, and that's where it begins, and it's almost like he's still living in that same mindset of being a loser and why do i say that he's doing odd jobs you know he's a handyman he's trying to get by he's being you know mistreated he's doing all these things he's getting sprayed by water guns from kids he's you know getting cussed out by you know the lady because he didn't put the tv on the right wall you know and he's just kind of like not really living his purpose you know he's living in a secluded apartment on purpose because he's still identifying himself as a loser you know he puts so much value he puts so much of his future of who he is on that fight and when he lost it kind of sent him down you know the wrong you know path and then also as you can see when he talked to miguel he did a whole bunch of partying and things like that so like he never and a lot of times the partying and all this stuff can be you know a defense mechanism or what you're doing to hide the pain that you're really feeling because you don't want to address the issue of really being defeated and i think that's what it was you know, that's why he was doing all that, because he was still feeling that defeat, you know, seeing those billboards of Daniel, you know, LaRusso and just reliving, you know, that that fight that he just can't escape. See, so, you know, he he views himself. He really didn't have any, you know, true purpose. He's just, you know, taking it day by day, just trying to get by, you know, and then, you know, he has that situation where Miguel's getting into a fight. And then what he does, he sees Miguel unintentionally because, you know, the guys were just hitting his car. So he was just like, okay, hey, let me do something about it. And then Miguel gives him that idea. Hey, maybe you should start a dojo. Maybe you should, you know, you know, help me out. And, of course, Danny and Johnny doesn't want to do it. He's just like, man, what's going on? I just got out of jail. I don't know what to do. You know, but the unique thing about that is he looks back and he, and he goes back and he watches that video and he realizes, like, man, like, I really could do this. You know, even though I've made the mistake, even though I lost, even though I was defeated, that doesn't define who I am. I still have this unique skill set. I still have this unique talent. And now it is my opportunity to make a difference. And, yes, I was def I was defeated in that match, but that doesn't mean I'm defeated in life. You know, and a lot of times in life we're going to go through loss. We're going to go through where trials and obstacles where things don't usually don't necessarily go our way but that doesn't mean 
that we're not going to experience victories in the future. That doesn't mean that we can't learn from our defeats. It doesn't mean we can't learn from our losses, you know, and as the show, you know, starts to unfold, the biggest character flaw, the biggest thing that, that Johnny has to deal with is the fact that he's an absent father, you know, and as you start to realize he's an absent father because he was in an environment where his father wasn't there, you know, so it's almost like a cyclical thing where he's just really doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to be that father figure because he didn't really see that in the right way himself. He had Sid who was just there because he just wanted to be with his mom. Then he had Crease who had his own trauma, who was abused and had uh, didn't really have a dad either. And just he had to fight through his life just to get by. You could see that he was bullied even in his older ages before he went off to the war. So he develops this unique relationship with Miguel where he becomes a friend, you know, and he becomes a father figure because lo and behold, and it's not coincidence because they're trying to send a message, the important of fathers. And I can relate to this of having two boys. He ends up becoming a father figure to Miguel. And you can see that he's learning, you know, on the fly. He even tells Miguel in season four, whenever he starts to get serious with Carmen, Miguel's mom, he's like, oh yeah, hey, like I'm learning, I'm, I'm new to this myself. You know, so I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to work out because he want because I want to be able to help and support you. And the thing about it is he knows that he's not a good dad. He knows that he was an absent father and he wants to make it right, but he doesn't know how. So, yes, he reaches out to Robbie periodically, you know, in season one. But it's more like, oh, yeah, hey, like you have to get on track, you know, just do what you're supposed to do. So I don't have to come around. There's not really a true desire really in my opinion i mean he as he tells he tells robbie's mom oh yeah he can come with me but i think he was kind of saying that to just fi fix the situation but i don't know in that moment if he was truly ultimately ready to do that you know but i think he wanted to but i don't know if his heart he was truly ready to do that so now he gets super connected with Miguel and then he starts learning how to communicate, learning how to give advice. Now, his advice is not always the best, but he's still trying to be that mentor, that father, that teacher that Miguel really didn't have. You can see that Miguel is, you know, benefiting from it. You know, he's learning from it. He's getting more confidence, you know, being able to talk to girls. He's just learning the, the mindset of, hey, if you want something, you got to go get it. You know, and one of the things that I love about the one of the things that I love about Johnny, probably my favorite thing is the fact that he listens. Now, what do I say by that? That he actually listens to what people say when they're trying to help him. For example, I mean, when Miguel just says, oh, hey, yeah, let's start. You should start a dojo. Johnny actually listens. Johnny actually, you know, takes that into account. He'll reflect. And I feel like when you're trying to change, when you're trying to go on a new path, when you see people in your corner, when you see people say, oh, yeah, hey, you can do this. You take a moment and you listen. Now, Johnny might complain. He might talk back. But there's so many instances where you can see that, hey, he's willing to change. He's really he's willing to realize his flaws in his mistakes and you can see that with his relationship 
you know, with Robbie also whenever he starts to try to connect with him because you realize, yeah, I wasn't a good dad. I was absent, but I want to try to make it right. I want to do my I want to do what I can to be involved. But there's just a dilemma because, as you can see in the episode, Robbie starts to train with Daniel Russo. So then they just have their issues right there. And that right there, that whole dynamic, I'm going to talk about, you know, in a separate episode because the way the writers and all that did that is just so special unique and i just love that from the beginning because i was like how do you like how do you reconcile that you know so johnny he gets this dojo you know and then he still has that same mindset oh yeah strike first strike hard you know no, no mercy you know because that's what he was taught by crease but you can oh man it, i'll smile just thinking about it you can see how he starts to realize, hey, you know what? That's not the way I definitely I necessarily want to run things. That's not the way I want to do things. Yes, Crease had his way, but I want to become my own man. I want to have honor. You know, I still want to be cool. You know, in my own special way, I still want to stick out. I still want to rep this Cobra Kai, but I want Cobra Kai to be my way. And I loved, oh. I loved um, the last episode of episode, uh, of season one, you know, whenever they're at the tournament and you see Hawk and Miguel who are just going in on Robbie and they're attacking his weakness, attacking his weakness, attacking his weakness, weakness. And it reflects back to, it reflects back to, um, <coughs> excuse me, to Karate Kid whenever Crease is telling he sweet delight and he's like, man, like, I don't necessarily want to do that. And he kind of starts to realize, no, that's not the path I want these kids to go on because I don't want them to think, you know what, I need to win at all costs. Because I don't want them to think that winning, that this victory is worth risking your character, is worth, is worth cheating, is worth hurting somebody, is worth just winning in the wrong way. You want to win with honor. You know, you want to win with honor. You know, you want to win fairly. You want to win the right way. And at that time, oh, that's when my respect for Johnny went up. Because, like, this brother gets it. He understands. He's like, I'm going to learn from my mistakes. And I'm not going to lead these kids down the right path. I want them to know that, yes, I want you to win. Yes, I want you to, you know, have that desire and have that fight in you where you attack, attack, attack. But at the same time, you can still sometimes show mercy, you know. And then you start to realize it more and more as he can see in season two, whenever Crease arrives. And then Miguel is just going in because Miguel now he's won. He has the confidence. And yeah, and let me go back to that. And that's the thing, because even, ooh. It shows because sometimes even when you think you get, even when you get what you think you want, it necessarily doesn't give you that sense of satisfaction that you thought you were going to get. See, he thought, oh, yeah, hey, I'm going to win that trophy. Now, long and behold, of course, it, it it's not as good whenever he's winning and he's beating, you know, his own son, you know, because that's going to, you know, damage that relationship, especially when they're doing it, to the, when they're doing it. They're wrong way by, you know, attacking their weakness and attacking his injury, you know. And, of course, that's going to separate. That's going to create some space 
with himself, especially when he's trying to do better and he's trying to improve that relationship. But he wins and he doesn't give him that satisfaction that he wants. And it's like, mm, maybe, and at that time, oh, I'm thinking about this right now. Maybe winning that trophy in the per- first place wasn't going to be all that it was cracked up to be. You know, you might win, you might be celebrated, but maybe you're still forgotten. Yes, Daniel Russo used that, you know, that tournament and used the teaching that he got from Miyagi and had a great family and started, you know, the dealership and did all these great things and accumulated wealth and all these things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that would have been the case for Johnny, because in my opinion, I think Johnny and I think he's going to start to realize this in the later, you know, towards the end of the show that, yes, his satisfaction, yes, he wants to win. He wants these kids to get trophies. But I think his his just teaching, him being a sensei, him seeing these kids learn his teaching, which is shown in these tournaments, gives him joy. You know, like his essence of being a teacher and connecting with these kids, that's what he has to hold on to. Because he realized that in the tournament, Whenever Miguel was like, oh, yeah, hey, I don't want to fight. He's like, I realized I messed up because my focus wasn't on the right thing. His focus was on himself. His focus was on winning. Right. But really, his focus should have been on Miguel. His focus should have been on supporting him. And that's where the evolution really changed because he said, hey, yes, I love fighting. I love karate. I love competing. But my love, my focus has to go on this child. Right. His quote unquote son. And that's what he that's what he starts to, you know, realize that his focus and everything has to go on his son. And I'm saying really it should be sons because I was into a video, yes, and, and one of the guys was saying, Yes, he has two sons. You know, he has his blood son, which is which is Robbie, which he has to reconcile with, but at the same time he has Miguel that he's taken under his wing and Miguel looks at him as a father. You know, and there's how many of us, how many people do you see, even me, who have a dad, but you have other father figures. I remember whenever I moved to San Diego and my parents weren't there, I had a father figure that would take care of me and watch me and and give me advice and things like that. And I have a loving dad who's always there, but having that role model, you know, and I know my friend, um... Lee, the one who took care of me in, in, in San Diego, he saw me as a son. He saw me who had to watch over and look over, even though we uh, we weren't blood. You know, that's just a formality thing, you know. But and so I'm going off on a tangent. But Johnny realizes where his focus needs to be. And I love the little nuggets that he starts to give Miguel, you know, in season two. Whenever I remember going back to whenever him and Hawk fight. You know, in season two, whenever they're doing that forest thing with the bandanas and then Miguel wins and then Miguel's like, well, I thought you had to win at all costs, you know, and then Johnny was kind of like, is that how you want to live your life? You know, with no mercy where you're just taking people out, you know, and I think the hard thing about that is that a lot of times, you know, you can do the right thing, but you don't get the right result. And I think that's what Johnny had to come to groups with when he was talking to Miguel in the hospital. You know, sometimes I'm going to give you these words of wisdom. Sometimes I'm going to tell you to do the right thing. But that doesn't mean you're going to get the result that you wanted. That doesn't mean it's going to turn out your way. Him going to Robbie and try to reconnect, that doesn't mean Robbie's going to be ready to open 
his arms and reconnect. You can see that, you know, throughout all the different seasons. You know, you can see that with Miguel whenever he showed Robbie Mercy and didn't end up breaking his arm, you know, and he got kicked off the balcony. All these things, just because you do the right thing doesn't mean you're going to get the right result, you know. And Johnny, um, <laughs> I think, you know, he's so appealing to me because he still has that, like, man, what do you do? Like, those moments where it's like, man, like, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't be saying that. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you shouldn't be messing with people. You got to calm, calm down with your comments. But at the same time, I feel like his heart's in the right place, you know. And... And I think the show did a good job of saying that because, I mean, throughout the show, when you look at season three, the devotion that he, the devotion that he brought to be able to help Miguel, you know, and get him back on his feet again. And, you know, even though Carmen, I mean, this is what the second time that Carmen had told him, hey, I never want you to talk to my son again in the first episode, in the first season, whenever, you know, Miguel got beat up. And then in the second season, whenever Miguel, you know, they thought Miguel was never going to talk, walk again, excuse me, you know, he was, you know, put to the side. And then surely, I think the mom ended up seeing his heart and seeing that he has good intentions. And that's echoed by the grandma that usually kind of always says something like, oh, I like him or says some type of comment. You know, you can see that he is always, he's trying to do good. He might not necessarily just play it in the right way, but he's making an effort and then he's open to mistakes. And lastly, as I'm getting ready to close, he is more willing to change than Daniel LaRusso. And and why do I say that? I say that because when you look at episode, season four, whenever the Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang, whenever they um, try to come together, what does Daniel do? Whenever uh, Silver comes, he says, oh, I need to take full control. You know, we need to do it my way. And Johnny, he wasn't, he didn't mind necessarily working together. He didn't agree with everything that Daniel LaRusso was doing. But at the same time, he didn't mind being a team. And see, and that's why I love Johnny. Because he might complain and say some inappropriate things. But he's more willing to come together and work as a team. Because he understands more than anybody that he's a flawed person who makes mistakes. You know? And that's why I, ooh, I think... That Johnny, I mean, they're they're both unique. Johnny, Johnny, and, and and Daniel are great characters. But but in it, ooh, it, it, this just came to my mind at that season, uh, season four, last episode. Whenever they come together, and then they're announcing, and Sam's getting ready to uh, fight Tori, and they're announcing Daniel, and they say, oh yeah, hey, this is a two time All Valley champion, and then Daniel gets up there and says, oh yeah. He's whispering in the guy ear, and he says Johnny Lawrence is also a two-time champion. That's a, that's, sim, that's symbolizing something right there. That's letting you know they are equal. There's not one better than the other. He is the karate kid, and I'm talking about Johnny Lawrence because him being a sensei, that's his purpose. That's his calling. That's what his life mission is, what he's meant to do. Like it says, like Carmen says in, in, um, in season three, I think episode eight, uh, if I'm correct, he 
is the man who will be redeemed. He is the man that will gain the most because he is willing to evolve and look at the mirror and say, what can I do to change? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better friend? How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better partner? Okay. And that's what's so unique about Johnny Lawrence. I'm waiting for this story to unfold because I, I can only imagine how it's going to end. He's on a great trajectory right now. And I look forward to seeing what happens next. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the second uh, episode of Why Cobra Kai. I can talk about this forever. Please uh, subscribe, listen, um, and have a good night.